1: I'm Matthew Collar in for Phil Mackey, along with Judd Zolgad, and we welcome into the show a guy that uh, I really love his work, writes for The Athletic now, and uh, it's fun sometimes when you start following somebody on Twitter that you don't know, but you just like their work, and then they get better jobs. So we welcome in uh, Ted Wynn, who is a film analyst, loves the game of football as much as anybody. How are you, Ted?
0: I'm good. How are you?
1: Uh, Doing great, man. So Ted did an awesome piece on The Athletic about Kirk Cousins and how he fits into the Minnesota Vikings and, and where they can go. Now, Ted, the first question I have for you from watching the film on Kirk Cousins closely is, do you think that Kirk Cousins is a good fit with the Minnesota Vikings and with John D. Filippo, and how do you get a sense for what John D. Filippo is going to bring? Since uh, he was only an offensive coordinator in 2015, and then a, a quarterback coach, otherwise.
0: Yeah, so that's a little hard to project. But I think what um, I think he was heavily influenced by uh, his work with the Philadelphia Eagles and working under Doug Peterson and seeing how that offense worked so well. Uh, so I think he's going to bring a lot of what uh, they did with the Eagles to the Vikings. And they're going to have a good amount of shotgun runs. They're going to run RPOs. They're going to have some spread concepts. But I think, you know, he also has to play the Kirk Cousins strengths as well. And Kirk Cousins plays really well under center uh, with the strong play action run game under center. So I think he's going to implement some of that too. So it will be a little bit of a mix between what Kirk does well and what the Eagles did with their spread concepts last year. So, Ted?
1: So Ted, what do you like about uh, Kirk and and if there are concerns as he moves into this next phase of, of his career with this contract, what would the concerns be that you've seen on film from him?
0: Uh, I think he made a lot of strides last year. I think the knock on cousins uh, throughout his career was that he wasn't aggressive enough that you know sometimes he'll go through his, to his check down a little too quick. But I thought last year he made a lot of strides and being really making a lot of aggressive throws. I think he'll continue making strides and becoming more aggressive. Uh, but one thing I did see on film a lot, and it's kind of um, a double-edged sword because it's kind of his strength and his weakness, is that he's you know kind of oblivious to pressure. Like um, there are times where he'll stand in pocket and make these amazing throws while he's getting hit. But there are other times where he should just probably take a sack or try to evade. The sack, and he'll end up uh, getting hit mid throw, and it'll, you know, put his uh, receiver in a dangerous situation or put the ball up for grabs.
1: That was definitely one area, Ted. That watching back his last season, that stuck out to me too. And and he is number one in the NFL in fumbles over the last three years, which I think could probably drive Mike Zimmer up the wall if he has uh, some of those same issues. So if you are John D. Filippo and you're watching back the same tape that you and I watched, and you're saying, okay, he's got this issue where uh, oblivious to pressure is a great way to put it, and sometimes just not feeling that guy coming off the edge or beating his man. And so now what do you do as an offensive coordinator to try to mitigate some of that?
0: Uh, I think, you know, you'd run a lot of quick, uh, quick concepts. Obviously the best thing to do is have a great offensive line to protect them. That way you don't have to, um, you know, worry about too much pressure. But I think that's just something you just got to really ingrain in his head during practice and tell him, you know, look, if you're starting to feel pressure or if you're, a, you know, if we're you're got, you've gone through three or four progressions, you, know, you got to be a little more careful with the ball. You can't just stand in there. You got to get ready to break outside the pocket. You can't stand there for this a certain amount of time on this concept. And just let him know um, that you know, in these certain protections, you have this amount of time, and after that, we got to really start looking at uh, breaking the pocket or checking down or uh, moving quicker. And I think with the Vikings and their great defense, he doesn't have to take those chances and stand in there. You know, he could take the safe play and uh, live for another down.
1: Ted, as you you watched film of uh, Kirk from last year in Washington, how much did you observe that the reduction in uh, the reduction in talent around him impacted his play? Because it certainly looked uh, from like 2016 to 17, things changed as far as the uh, skill spots that Washington had. How much was was the potential reduction in his play in 2017 on Kirk? And how much is probably attributable to the fact that he lost some talent around him from that 2016 Redskins team?
0: I think it had a lot to do with that. I mean, I think in 2016 he had a lot of talent, and he put up great numbers. He played really well. But in 2017, I actually thought he improved his game, even though his numbers didn't improve, uh, just because the talent around, you know, he lost a lot of receivers to injury, free agency, and then his offensive line was just decimated towards the end of the season. And... um towards the end of the season he was getting hit so much and so often his accuracy really suffered and he was starting to get happy feet in the pocket and things like that but I think when he gets to the Vikings he's going to have a lot of talent obviously with Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs have a strong running game so uh, he's going to have a much improved uh, cast around him and just hopefully that offensive line can stay healthy and protect him, and um, his accuracy will be more consistent throughout the season.
1: Ted Wynn from The Athletic does great work, uh, did an article on Kirk Cousins and how he fits with the Minnesota Vikings if you want to go find that. I I think this might be a hard question uh, for you to answer, Ted, because you're such a a detailed guy with every part of the game, so maybe you don't uh, come as hard with the hot takes of where a guy ranks in the league and things like that, but when you look at the whole picture of Kirk Cousins, Where do you have him? I mean, do you have him as a top-tier quarterback, as maybe some of his statistics insinuate with the 4,000-yard seasons? Do you have him as a guy that will have to rely on that supporting cast in in order to maximize this team and and reach the Super Bowl? Or uh, is he a guy that's going to need a lot of help from the supporting cast uh, in order to actually get this team deep into the playoffs?
0: Uh, you know, before I looked at his 2017 film, I, I thought he was kind of that um, that guy that's outside of the top ten that wouldn't necessarily carry a team over the hump, but could play with a lot of talent and do well with a lot of talent around him. But I think he made so ma- so much improvement in 2017, and having to play with you know a decimated uh, Redskins team towards the end of the season, having to carry that team, uh, I think he he showed that he can improve a team and. Um, you know, potentially make a team a lot better. So, so I think, um, I think I would consider him in the top ten. Kind of, I wouldn't say he's a top five quarterback, but um, without you know really putting everybody in a ranking, uh, I think he would be towards you know the bottom bottom end of the top 10 uh, ranking if you were to uh, rank every quarterback in
1: the league. It's really fascinating about quarterback stats and things like that because 2017 would be, I think, a lot of people would look at it as his worst year because their fantasy team would not have done as well with Kirk Cousins, but from what you saw, you liked it more, which is is kind of interesting to me, and and we argue over that with quarterbacks all the time. Uh, Before we let you go, Ted, you're out there, you cover the Raiders a lot. Uh, What do you think of, of John Gruden taking over because I love John Gruden from the Gruden quarterback camps, but signing some of the older veteran players, I'm a little skeptical of how this is going to go for them.
0: Yes. So, so, uh, you know, there's a lot of, um, a lot being made right now of John Gruden signing these older players. And um, yeah, I think the Raiders just don't have that much cap room. And I do think that he does like older players. He likes players that know what they're doing. that can play within the system are disciplined, and um, that's kind of been his calling call throughout his career. Um, but, you know, the Raiders don't have that much cap room. Um, they didn't really participate in the first wave of free agency, but they're really active in the second wave of free agency. Uh, yesterday, I, you know, I did a deep dive, film, uh, breakdown of Jordy Nelson, and I thought, you know, he does have some, uh, some play. I think uh, he could realistically go for an 800-yard season. I mean, he started the season off hot last year and he kind of tailed off when Aaron Rodgers hurt. I really like the Rashawn Melvin signing. I think he could be a big steal in free agency. Uh, obviously, the Raiders aren't done yet. They're um, interested in the, uh, the Dominican Sue right now. So if you get that, all of a sudden, you know, the perspective, the perceptive, uh, perspective on um, the Raiders free agency class could really change. Uh, but, you know, I, I do understand it's going to be it's going to be a bit of unknown how he's going to assimilate to the league, having not having coaches for this long. So I kind of get the um, you know everybody's concerns with him, but I I'm excited to see what he can do.
1: Thank you, sir. Appreciate the time, Ted. Good talking Thank to you. you. For having me on. All right. Bye bye.